It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with little indoor kart racing. If you haven't been over to Joe's Karting, your time is getting shorter to get over there for that uh, tricky triangle league. Matt, you going to run that? It's a little bit of a drive for you, I think. Uh, it ain't too bad, but I haven't heard about it. So This is the first year hearing about it? Yeah, I didn't know Every Tuesday about night it. over at Joe's Karting, starting at 7 o'clock, it's the uh, like a tricky, slick triangle. They put this PVC pipe on the right rear, and you go at it, and it is like racing on glass. It's pretty it's like fun. A, it's like a slick track. Sounds all right until but you wreck one and then they cry about it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a league that uh, apparently is going to be flagged by um, a celebrity who most of us know. I don't think I'm allowed to say who yet. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it, I, I ran it for a little bit. I think I'm going to run it this year for a little while, see how I do in the first league. It's all the weeks in November, first week of December, and then they take couple of weeks off of December for the holidays, come back in January, and it ends the first week of February. So it's two, like five weeks. 12 week leagues. Six weeks, is it? Five weeks? I think it's, yeah, five or 12 or 10 week. I think it's actually six week because uh, November and January both have five Tuesdays in them. That's Anyways. Too much thinking. Matt, how you doing? Good. Yeah? You excited? I'm excited for winter. Take a little <laughs> break. <laughs> Is your season over with now? No, we're going to race this weekend in Beatrice. You're going to go to the uh, Oktoberfest? Yeah, it ain't going to be 30 degrees and snowing, so they say, so we're going to head down that yeah. way. It's supposed to be nice this weekend. It's going to be 20 degrees tomorrow morning, but it's supposed to be like 75 on Saturday, I think. Yeah, it's going to be decent. I know the one year they started, it was Friday, and I froze, and we woke up Saturday morning, and I just went home. I didn't even race. It was too cold. <laughs> uh. So we're talking about your 2022 track championship. Uh, I was really kind of sad I didn't get to see you guys uh, go at it. You and Brandon Spanger were like four points between the two of you going into the final night. Yeah, and yeah, four points. Joe was telling me, was trying to tell me exactly how it happened, but uh, Brandon apparently had the lead at one point in time, had the championship, but went for a little bit too much. And ended up getting stuck behind lap traffic or something. Got caught on the high side. He got caught by basically a lap car, and they dumped it right in front of him, and he had to pit like two or three times in that race, and that killed him. Oh, okay. But, I mean, even at that point, it was only a six-point lead, so I was still fairly close. Yeah. And then we were tied, and then he had another six-point lead, and then we went into the final night with four points. Yeah, it was kind of a back and forth, and uh, I, I kind of I'm really happy you won the championship. Obviously, I, I kind of like you, and you're you're somewhat of a nice guy. You're a little mean to me during the interviews, but um, you kind of got screwed a little bit on your first championship at IED Speedway with the uh, with it being the year of COVID, and you really didn't get to do a, a points banquet, any kind of celebration like that. We had a great celebration at the shop. That was good enough for me. <laughs> I didn't have to get up and talk in front of a crowd and do any of that. So That part I'm kind of secretly enjoying. I want to <laughs> see what this speech is going to be like. Uh, we, I was talking to her on the way here. She's got to write it still. I ain't doing it. <laughs> Jessica's going to write it for you, your yeah. wife? <laughs> yep. Uh, and, it, and it better be short. A little bit of a short tough year. Sweet. I mean... For the uh, for the championship, it was uh, I, there, I think there was a lot of really quality drivers in the sport modifieds this year at IED Speedway, and uh, and you've kind of seemed to have hit the your peak at at getting this car right and and being able to come through the field consistently. Yeah, it took us. I mean, the beginning of the year for me it was aggravating, but we were on a car with literally one night the first point side out. So about middle of the year when I started getting it really figured out is when I actually got the car to work the way I wanted it to and all that. So. It's one of those we just chased it and kept going and worked out. Just a little bit of a side note: Can you send me your uh, your paint your scheme, your wrap scheme bef- before you get it done so I can approve it? No, it was terrible. I I loved looking at the 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 I eighty car up up close was beautiful. That was a really cool design, but I could not see any of it. You you could not see what letters it was going down the back stretch. You have to talk to Dre Hampel on that and the okay. wife because I didn't do it. I'll talk to Dre. 
Trey will help me out. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I just stripped the other car today, and it's getting ready to get a body, and we're putting the same stuff back on it. The gray car? <laughs> nope, it's going to be all white now. Is it going to be all white? Yep. And the gray car was the one you ran at Eagle for the season, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was our older car that we ran last year, got new last year, and just ran that one there and the new one at I-80. Was that, that guy had to been a little bit easier because then you didn't have to change gears or change stuff every Saturday morning? Yeah, for me, it saves a lot of time because nine times out of ten, I'm gone during the week for work. So usually dad can handle grinding some tires and the little stuff, you know, and then I, there's no heavy lifting really, you know. Mm-hmm. Grind tires, bolt check, do the normal maintenance, and then we go back at it. And what do you do for a living? Uh, I work on cell phone towers. Cell phone towers? Yeah. For Skytop Sky Towers. I, and yeah. is that your guys' company? Yep, that's our company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you have to do? You climb up to the top of them, maintain them, yeah, build that, them, install new stuff so your phones work. Seems like worse lately with Verizon, but yeah, you know, they say it's better. <laughs> Thank you, by the way, for yeah. keeping us all connected. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Were you the ones that built one over by I eighty? No, we did the original install, and then they ended up taking it down. And Verizon's not even on that one anymore. Huh. So Weird. yeah, but we did the one at Eagle. So you get to climb all the way to the top? Mm, sometimes. I Usually I'm the one telling people what to do, which is nice, <laughs> but sometimes I got to actually work. So not afraid of heights? Mm, depends on the situation. There's been some stuff where we've hang, hung off the side of buildings, and I'm fine on a tower, but I don't like being on the side of a building yeah. and all that jazz, but it's all right. Hmm, interesting. Where are you working at next week? Uh, I leave tomorrow for North Platte. And then you'll be back in time for Beatrice? I'll be back Friday to get the wife, the kids, the toter, and go straight to Beatrice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, season at, at I-80. Take me through that final points night. What do you, you don't seem like a kind of guy that gets nervous. You just kind of, you know what, I'm going to throw it in there and just see what happens. Yeah, I, uh, I'm usually really nervous, and then once I'm in the car, I don't really care. Just go with it. And The last night, I, don't, I, don't, I think Brandon kind of got stuck in his heat race if i remember right so he did had to start i think right behind me and we were able to win our heat race so we started pole and that was probably the slickest track we've had all year out there i think and uh we were able to hold it on the bottom and hold him and zeitner off yeah and that that, you speak of kevin zeitner he that's somebody that really kind of figured that track out late in the year yeah kevin there's a lot of times when he's on the cushion, once he gets the lead, it's good luck catching him. He's yeah. got it figured out. Uh, also, you were able to uh, pick up the win uh, in front of a huge audience on Friday night at I-80 Speedway for the, uh, for the uh, World of Outlaw support class. Yeah, that was, that was probably meant more, a little bit more than the championship, I think. Say I did the la- won the last race and all that, so... That one, I think I was a little more nervous than anything. Yeah. And then, of course, Zeitner got to the top and was pulling us, and we were able to run him back down, so it worked out. Yeah, I didn't think anybody was going to run him down, but you just consistently just kind of chipped into his lead, and, and eventually I, uh, Anthony called for a couple of laps, and I looked up, and I was like, oh, my God, he's there. Yeah, I kept watching him, and on his entry, he kept jumping the cushion, so I kept going right below it through the slick and floating to the cushion, and I just – I don't – know why or if that's where he felt good but he did it about six laps in a row and that's how we were able to catch him and then finally i got to a point where i was able to dive into one and get door to door coming out and kind of brush him up over the cushion getting into three and pull a little bit of a slide job and then we took the lead well the cushion had to be a lot different from the sprint car compared to what he was driving regularly with a late model They, they develop a completely different cushion yeah and it was once you got over the cushion it was like clumps like it was almost like you stopped and like dead stopped and then you had to come out of it get going and actually my right front spring because i jumped it once was just packed from top to bottom full of mud so i'm sure that wasn't helping him if he was doing that yeah they uh they that track was a little bit wet and i know some of the world of outlaw guys were a little unhappy with the inside of the racetrack but i, I can't remember if i was talking to you about it but they were they were telling that to steve and steve goes it's a wide racetrack tell them we're on the middle of the top <laughs> were you guys able to run the low side down there around that that water i did it a couple times and sean was able to pull me every time and then we had a restart and the one time i got into one really good i don't know if he jumped the cushion or what he did i didn't get to see it but 
I came out ahead of him a little bit, and then I knew I had to get to the cushion, so I pulled a slider on him, and then we were able to stay up on the cushion after that. Yeah, something we hadn't really talked about. You, uh, how did you and Sean get hooked up to him run your second car? A lot of drinking at the Cornhusker <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I think Sh- it was about 3 in the morning. He goes, man, it'd be fun to drive a sport mod again. And my old man goes, we got another one. <laughs> so your dad volunteered it? <laughs> yeah. And then on Wednesday, we had a gear laying in our shop and threw it in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, was kind of neat to see him go run that and uh, give it a shot one more time. But, yeah, you, you're going to get the, uh, the rare privilege of saying you won the last sport mod race at I-80 Speedway. Yeah, it was a dandy one. And was, the last track championship. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of, I don't know, I, when we started racing, I only raced I-80 for the first probably 15 races I ever raced. And then I think I got my first win there, my first championship there. And then, yeah. Yeah. So it's been good. What did you start out racing? 2015, 16? 15? Was it in a sport mod? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's I, what I always have a tough time remembering with you is that you, you haven't been racing that long. No, I uh, <laughs> obviously with Mike, you know, I was always at the races, and I had a motorcycle and gotten pretty good wreck. And Mom said, it's time to sell the bike. I'll help you with the car. And within, I think, a couple months, we had a car. Yeah. Uh, that was a stat that uh, uh, somebody tagged me in on Saturday night. Was that Mike won his first race at I-80 Speedway in 2010? Yep. And you won your first race there? I think so. Yeah. But that wasn't the same year because, like you said, it was 15 or 16. Yeah, no. It was actually Mike's first win was on Jessica's 21st birthday. We were all happened to be there that night. But I think, I'm pretty sure ours was at I-80. Yeah. Not sure. Cool stuff there. A lot of history. Yeah. Yep. And then it ended up, that's where we always preferred to go. Yeah. Um. Let's make sure and thank some of those great sponsors that help you guys uh, run your operation. Yeah, we got Sky Top Towers, uh, Big Red Lawn Care, RDM Landscapes, Bont Medical, All Pro Heating and Air. I'm looking at you for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I usually have a car sitting by me to do yeah. all this. Do you want to pull up a picture yeah, of on give, your phone? Give me one of those cards. They're on the back of it. <laughs> uh, jet Racing, Underdog Design. PBS Rentals, and my wife, and my parents, and my whole family. Got to thank the wife. Yeah. She <laughs> she goes through it, man. I mean, <laughs> it's tough, especially for a guy like me that works out of town all week, and then we come home, and we go straight to the racetrack. We've been talking with Matt Andrews, driving the number 22, the final Sport Mod feature winner at I-80 Speedway, and the final track champion for the uh, Ties Outdoor Power and Service Sport Mods. Thanks, Matt. Always good talking to you. Thank you. Wasn't nearly as painful as you thought, huh? Maybe? No, no, not, not bad. <laughs> Derek and I are going to take a quick break. We'll be back in turn number two. We're going to get you set for the weekend of racing to come. Hang tight. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 luberitas. Mondays are kids' night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube at Council Bluffs for all the great all-you-can-eat wings on Tuesdays. Kids eat for 99 cents with an adult entree on Mondays. All the great NASCAR action on Sundays, as well as all the football action. Uh, Let's see, Wednesdays. What was the special on Wednesday? Do you remember seeing that? I read them all, but I don't remember right off the top of my head now. I want to say Wednesdays was $10 deal, but I think that might actually be Thursdays. That's Thursday. Okay. Because they changed those up a little bit. 
Yeah, I don't remember what Wednesdays was. Big thanks to Quaker Second Loop for letting us come down on Monday night and do all of our IED Speedway track champion interviews, all all for all except for one. We got one left to go. Uh, Kyle Burke, as soon as he's done working in the field and is able to get recovered a little bit, uh, we'll sit down with Kyle and talk about his uh, Cubby's Convenience Store Super Late Model Track Championship, and uh, we'll get that wrapped up. Uh, maybe you guys have seen that we put out the event for the Adams County Speedway Track Champions interviews. Uh, there looks like there's going to be four champions, I think. I don't know if they run four or five classes there. I thought they ran five. I reached out to Zach Zeitner because he's listed as a points leader, but, um, it's for late models and they only ran two races there. So he said, Nope, not me. Uh, modifieds, B mods, stock cars, hobby stocks, and compacts. So yeah, there is five, excuse me. <laughs> We've got uh, five, so. We've got uh, champion, or we've got confirmations from Austin Paul, Sport Mod Track champion, and Jesse Dennis. They're both going to join us. Uh, Luke Ramsey, who is the Hobby Stock Track champion, said he would be able to join us. I just have to narrow down a time. Looks like Austin Paul, your Sport Mod Track champion, is going to join us at uh, 7 o'clock, and Jesse Dennis will join us at 7.30. So John Berg, your Sport Compact Track champion, just waiting to hear back from him. We'll get confirmation from him shortly, and then I guess we're going to talk to Brad Deary again. Yeah, well, we even discussed that the other night. We should have been on our toes a little bit and gone ahead and got that one done the other night. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I was a little tired of talking at that point, so I, I oh, feel yeah. terrible because <laughs> the yawns had hit me horribly, and I had to apologize in the middle of the interview just say, listen, I'm sorry, it's not you. It's yeah. it's not you, so, it's me. Yeah. And uh, just to go back to the opening, um, half a back or half a rack of baby back ribs hmm. for $13.50 or the six ounce sirloin for $12.50, the top sirloin, excuse me, and uh, $1 off well spirits and domestics, uh, five until close. That's our, uh, that's your um, Wednesday night specials at Quakers taking loop on Wednesday nights. Yep. That okay. is what that is. Got it. All right. So join us uh, this coming Monday night. We're going to uh, do another track champions round of interviews. That's going to be the 24th. We're going to get there probably about five or five 30 just depends on when the first interview is, but roughly about an hour before the first interview that gives us time to get set up and then uh, get something in our bellies and get rolling on that. We're going to take the following Monday off because it's Halloween and um, we need to be oh, able to, uh, to huh? We do have to trick or treat. We're just like yeah. everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And then the big news finally got confirmation today. November 7th is the date that Jesse, uh, excuse me, Jordan Grabowski will do the triple atomic challenge or the eat the heat challenge. Is that what it's called now? Eat the heat. Yeah. Or eat, eat. I don't know if it's the heat or if it's eat heat challenge. I don't remember. They changed it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that's going to happen on November 7th. I already had people asking me, when is it going to happen? I don't know exactly. We're I got to get reached out to all of the Eagle Raceway track champions, figure out when they're going to be free to join us. And uh, and then Jordan is going to do the last interview and uh, he will do it. Um, excuse me. Uh, he will be the last interview and then we'll do his triple atomic challenge. Uh, I think right after that. Challenge before the interview, that'll make the interview in. <laughs> I was tossing back and forth on that. I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. And I ended up deciding let's, let's just do the eat afterwards because I, I'm not kidding. It there there's, I don't, I have a tough enough time concentrating. I don't think I could eat those wings and then do an interview with, with Jordan Grabowski. I don't, I'm not sure he could answer it. Yeah. I, yeah, that's definitely not the way to go. It's just, it just sounds like it'd be fun. Well, you, I think you, you might've been the one that you might've been the one that turned me on to it or somebody else was that, uh, the, um, hot ones on YouTube. It's, uh, it's an interview segment with a bunch of celebrities and while they're interviewing, they're eating progressively hotter wings and it's really, really good, but he is, uh, he's got a much stronger team of re it's it. There's, I don't think I could pull off what he does, which is the reason why he's a big YouTube star and. I, I I live in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Yeah, but it's, you know, your mouth is kind of numbing up 
as you as you upgrade the wings. If they if they went backwards, started with the hottest ones, <laughs> you know, and then they yeah. the colder ones, it would be ridiculous. You know, it'd be well, stupid. Yeah. And it's part of the the fun of it too is that when they get to that last one and they're trying to answer the question, and some people just you could tell they're they're in a complete realm of pain that they can't even think about what the answer is to the question he asked. Well, uh, the video I saw, they didn't even get to the end of it. Oh, they didn't. They went to the wall yeah, of shame. I don't remember anybody getting to the last one. Some people ate like two wings and said, "Nap, that's it. See ya." I think in and. Uh, I think in like 15 or 16 seasons of doing this, they've only had like 10 or 11 people that have bowed out before the final one. But anyways, yeah, it's there. A large number of people get there. We must've been watching different deals. Oh yeah. Well it's yeah. And and there's, I mean, like I said, third 16 seasons of this, I think he does 10 or 14 interviews a season. It's uh, there's a lot of interviews out there. I just right. like the I like the guy from the South that's been doing all the chip challenges. Yeah, but he's like three of them, and and he and he's got you know he's Cajun or something. You know his his English is is tough anyway, but then he <laughs> makes up words. You know you got no idea what he's talking about because the words he says you know I never heard them anywhere. But they're not even in a rap song. Yeah, <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> All right, so again, the schedule uh, this coming Monday, October 24th, is the Adams County Speedway Track Champions interviews. Make sure to like that event and then join us uh, that night. That event page will have all of the confirmed times for all the drivers, so if you want to come during one of your favorite driver's times, you'll be able to be there during a, a reasonable amount of time. You know, if, if it says that, that it's a 7.30 interview, it could be a little bit later, it could be a little bit earlier, but it's going to be roughly somewhere around 7.30. Well, and and if the one gets over a little bit earlier and you're a few minutes, you know, from away or whatever, mm-hmm. we're not just going to kick you. No, so don't worry about that. Right. Uh, and then again, taking a Monday off for Halloween and we'll be back on November 7th for the Eagle Raceway Track Champions interviews. And uh, we'll do the Jordan Grabowski uh, ing- hot wing eating fulfillment that we have been talking about promoting for the last couple of months. That's all coming up. Fight all that stuff on our Front Stretch Facebook page. All right, let's cover the – go ahead. I was going to say, didn't we have some people that wanted to get into a volume challenge of some kind? Um, who was who it? Was that Troy Sanford? Uh, I remember James was in on it. You were in on it. I said, if you're talking volume, I'm all about the volume. Yeah. They all want to go down some Tuesday night and do the all-you-can-eat wings challenge. Or not, It's not really a challenge. It's just an all-you-can-eat wings, fourteen ninety-nine. Um. They just keep bringing you six wings at a time, and you can change uh, up sauces. It's, and it's nineteen ninety nine, not fourteen ninety nine. That's the old price. A long time ago, nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> you can do all you can eat wings. Uh, they keep bringing them to you six at a time. You can change up your sauces. I really, I've never been interested in that because I mean, really, like you've seen me like on on the uh, the Phoenix viewing party or the the Daytona party that. I'm good for maybe eight to 10 wings, 10 if I'm really hungry. Um, well, and you're, you're eating some tots or fries or something to yeah. go along with it and filling yourself with Oktoberfest and whatever else you can find that's available in that big, tall, skinny tube of Luba Tuba. Mm-hmm. Like right, I said, let's... If, I just, if I just drank two of those beers, I couldn't eat any wings. I know. those Their Oktoberfests are heavy. It, most Oktoberfests are heavy. They, they fill you up. They make me a little bloaty, too, so. Bush life is heavy after not drinking for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's care. get to I, let's get to the news of the week, things we haven't uh, quite talked about yet. Uh we'll cover the biggest one first, and that NASCAR has suspended Bubba Wallace for one race for um code of conduct violations, I believe is what they wrote down. As the uh, yeah, yeah, their penalty was behavioral and code of conduct. A yeah, couple of like things 4. came from this 4.4, whatever it is. Yeah, a couple of things came from this, Dirk. Uh, do you think a one race suspension it was adequate? No, should have been but, more rest of the season. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if more than one race suspension was warranted, but overall damage should have been greater. The monetary fine, 
Well, if it was monetary, if they've taken away some owner's points, you know, there should have been more to it than just a one-ray suspension. If it's a one-ray suspension and six months probation, I can kind of deal with that. Yeah. But I definitely think something else needed to be done. And my first uh, thing, I said there'd be a suspension of some kind. I had no idea what it was going to be. But I said that was going to happen. And I also figured a six-digit fine was coming. What was Carl Edwards got a got a probation, I believe, a monetary fine when he spun Brad Keselowski? I don't know if he got a monetary fine or anything like that. Um, I do remember he was uh, ended up being on uh, probation for I don't remember. I want to say six races, but I'm not sure. It might have been six months. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. <laughs> at the track and you know i consider carl a friend of mine so but that deal was just way out there way out there um somebody else posted a video today i don't know if you've seen it around of uh it was a night race somewhere and i don't know if it was charlotte or texas but it was one of that trioval mile and a half tracks where basically the exact same thing happened it was 2018 and it was Kyle Larson this time in the same spot with Joey Logano. Larson did it to Logano or? Huh? Who did it to who? Joey Logano. uh, Larson was in the same spot. He was on the inside. He left the lane. Logano hit the wall. And they had the the camera from the back of the car. You can definitely see him move over. And uh, he clipped Larson and Larson. He didn't clip him as hard as what Bubba did. But Larson wobbled and ended up in the grass. He didn't come back across the track. But back in 18, they didn't have all this telemetry to be able to tell exactly what Logano had done, even though with that camera angle, you could definitely see it. Because I don't remember anything happening on that deal. You know? Yeah, I don't and either. Great- and and I, I think NASCAR has had that telemetry for quite some time. They've, I've, I've heard them talking about it for a while that – They've had that information. I, I know they had it for a while on the previous gen car, but obviously they didn't feel like it was warranted. But yeah, it's the, I guess the point why I bring that up is because it NASCAR has kind of been all over the board for as far as penalizing drivers for this kind of stuff. Do you see any kind of clear cut reason why they've decided to suspend Bubba and not, not suspend Carl Edwards or they did suspend Kyle Busch for three races or they did suspend Matt Kenseth for two races. Do you see some clear defined line? Well, when was Kyle Busch suspended for three races? The Texas and Ron Hornaday deal. I remember him being uh, suspended the rest of the weekend, which was an Xfinity race or then a Busch race and the cup race, which is only two races. I don't remember him getting three cup race suspension. I Googled it last night and it said, uh, well, shoot, now all of the Kyle Busch suspension is coming up with his uh, losing his tire this weekend or last weekend. You know, well, that's that was the comment I made on the for the person that posted this deal that I'm talking about with Logano and Lars. <laughs> I said, outside of the tire rule this year, the lost tire rule, when have you seen, seen NASCAR make the same call twice? Yeah. You know, I'll give kudos to NASCAR on that on that lost tire deal they have been up and down the board the exact same penalty yeah so Stars I, have got it, lower teams have got it and let me let me uh transition with that one there is that a lot of people are saying so it's okay to to spin somebody uh but it's not okay to lose a wheel and where i see the difference in that is that there is a clear-cut penalty with the breaking of the rule in the rule book as to where behavioral, I don't believe that if you have a uh, that every behavioral issue on the racetrack calls for a one race suspension. That's more of a judgment call by NASCAR to how long they want to suspend somebody. Well, that a little bit, but the uh, the missing tire deal, the lost tire deal, is a very dangerous thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, when once they get up to speed, if that tire comes off. I mean, and it starts bouncing. It can bounce into the campground and the infield and get somebody. It could, uh, you know, it could, just depending on, again, where it comes off, it could probably bounce up over that catch fence and get into a grandstand. Yeah. It's a very serious situation. 
And but I don't think in any realm that a four race suspension for three guys and uh, a few points and a little bit of money is anywhere near as severe as a one race suspension for a driver. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also want to take time to point out that the drivers were the ones that were asking NASCAR for a stiff penalty because of loose wheels. Wasn't it yeah. after Texas that, that uh, Tony Stewart blasted NASCAR and said that well, they're going to get somebody killed because they don't have a lug nut rule. Well, yeah, that was when they were doing the three lug nut deal, but mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't really, I can't go back to relating to that since I've gone to the one lug nut. I'm not going to compare that. Well, but as, it's, a, it's, a, it's a carryover from it. When when they came out with the rule, they said five on, five off, they got to be tight, or here's your penalties. Yeah, but the penalty wasn't a four-race suspension for three crew members, or the yeah. crew chief and two crew members. It wasn't, the penalty wasn't anywhere near this. You know, this is, we've got one nut, it's got to be on, so the penalty is severe. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm not going to really compare a whole lot for the, you know, something that happened, you know, five years ago, eight years ago. That's why I can't put a whole lot with this Logano deal, even though it was, you know, the inside driver that kind of, I don't want to say the instigator, because Larson never hit. He didn't hit Logano in the video I saw, and he didn't hit Bubba on Sunday. You know, and he gave both cars room, but both cars probably got a little loose where they were at on the track, and that's why they hit the wall by themselves. Yeah. I've seen this Kenny Wallace video. I don't get in it. Uh, I don't think Bubba necessarily made a mistake hitting the wall. I think the mistake was made right before that when he didn't lift out of the gas. Mm-hmm. That's the mistake Bubba made. Well, I you don't know, know if you heard, but Bubba's not going to lift. Yeah, well, and there's 25 other guys that aren't going to lift if there's three laps to go in the race. But when there's over half the race to go, you know, Harvick backed out. Harvick was in the middle of that whole thing. Harvick was the smartest one of those three. He lifted. He said, we got a whole range, people. You know, <laughs> I think was- Bubba was frustrated because on that segment, he had started on the front row and was already back racing for sixth or seventh place a half dozen laps into the segment. Yeah. So uh, 2311 released a statement, said 2311 is aligned with NASCAR on the one-race suspension issued above Wallace, and we understand the need for the series to take clear take a clear stand on the incident that took place at Las Vegas, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Bubba's actions are not in keeping with the values of our team and partners We've spoken with Bubba and expressed our disapproval of how he handled the situation. Bubba has made impressive strides this season, and this experience is an opportunity for him to further learn and grow as a competitor in NASCAR. As a result of the penalty, John Hunter Nemechek will drive the number 45 Toyota this weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. That's probably the one thing that I like the most about this whole situation. I get to see John Hunter Nemechek run a good car. Yeah. You know, and he's got a little experience at the cup level, so he's mm-hmm. not going to be green. And he's got several runs at, at Homestead with some good results. So um, I think that's a pretty good choice. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's so much coming out of this. And uh, 90% of it's on the negative side for poor Bubba. Yeah. But yeah, he kind of brought that on himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. This... Some of it. Some of the jokes are hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, it's sad to say, but I, I really did about Monday morning, Monday, mid afternoon. I thought to myself, can we just go back to missing an I-80 speedway? I loved when my feed was full of pictures of people at, at I-80 speedway. And uh, I pretty much just had to shut off social media for a while. Cause it, it just, every time I pull up my feed, it was some jackass meme just bashing a person and that's something that i'm i'm trying very hard to get away from is the negativity in this world and whether it's funny or not i mean i I, there would be moods i'd find it funny i was just real sick of it and i'm just i'm ready to just move on and and have something else in my facebook feed again so uh so sick and tired of seeing that crap hey dan uh yeah you can always adult and just scroll right by it I, but the problem is, is that if I scroll through, it's just constantly just everything. It's not, it's not the first one. 
because I, I know I, you and I have talked about it. I understand the algorithm. If I stop and look at it, it's a, it records it as a, as a reaction and it feeds into the Facebook algorithm. So I try to scroll on by and literally man for two days, it, my feed has been full of nothing but people bashing Bubba and I'm indifferent to the guy. I don't care. I think he's good for the sport. I think he made a mistake. I think the penalties worth is, is warranted. And I'm tired of just seeing it. I'm just sick and tired of seeing it. That's why everybody gets their opinion. Yeah. All right. Uh, What do you think about NASCAR uh, expecting to release a wet weather package for short short tracks next season? Um, Part of me likes it because for whatever reason, and it's just weather patterns and the way they cycle, you know, the last few years, there's been a lot of rainouts. You know, some Monday races, some late night races on Sunday, whatever. I, I kind of understand it for the fans, you know, the actual fans at the track. You know, I, I don't I don't think it's going to make good racing for for anybody, whether no. it's television or the people there. I don't think the racing's going to be good. Um, I don't like I don't like the uh, the rain tires on the road course either if they're not going to run the race, you know, when they did that at Coda a couple of years ago, when they called the race with eight, 10 laps to go, whatever the heck it was, I just thought that was the stupidest possible thing they could have done. They're trying to prove a point. Hey, we can run in the rain, just like formula one, even though our cars weigh two and a half times as much, and we've got half as big a tire, we can still do it. We're tough, you know, and then they call it off because it's raining too hard after they race 95% of the race. I I see it a little bit different. I, and I don't know, maybe this is a little bit of the cynical in me, but I'm not a fan of wet weather racing. They they have to go slower. There's obviously far less grip. So they got to take it. They got to tiptoe around the racetrack. It's, it's not good racing to me. And for the sake of getting a race in, I don't want to jeopardize. I don't want to risk good racing for the sake of getting a race in and wet weather racing. I, it stinks. It's horrible. I'm sorry to the fans that paid a ticket that to be there on Sunday and the race gets rained out and they can't be there on Monday. So they're out, but it's kind of the nature of the beast and not a lot of sports play in the rain. Some of them do, you know, I, I always feel bad for people to pay a pay for a football game and they go and uh, try to watch the game in the rain. First of all, it's miserable for them and it's crappy play because the wide receivers are slipping the, the, uh, the O-lines can't and the D-lines can't get grip, so they can't really run it. It's just, it's bad football. But they got the game in, and there there goes your day at the at the, at the the football stadium. And it, I feel the same way about this with, with wet weather. I would rather watch a race on Monday than a crappy race on Sunday. Well, that's, that's what I said. It's not going to be good racing, you know. But they're trying to do something for the fans that have spent the money and have come to the track. Um. Those are the fans. They ought to pull the, you know, Bristol or Martinsville ought to pull their season ticket holders that have had tickets for let's let's put a number out there. Let's say twenty years, and NASCAR and those tracks know who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, let's go pull all these twenty-year ticket holders, twenty years or more. You don't want somebody that's been to two races. Right. That don't count. You know, and and you could even make it ten years, but let's pull all these people. You know, do you want us to race on Monday or do you want us to go ahead and put this rain tire package together? I'm thinking most of them aren't going to want to sit out there in the rain and try and watch the race. You know, I, I don't think they're going to want that. I think they'll say, let's wait till Monday, you know. And those are the people they need to listen to. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and it, yeah, it, it's, I had a train of thought and I've completely lost it now. Sorry. Oh, uh, I, I just, I hope this, I hope this doesn't happen. And what happened to the policy of, um, there was a bunch of tracks pre COVID that said we, uh, we have a weather guarantee. If the race gets rained out on Sunday, regardless of if we run it on Monday or not, if the race gets rained out on Sunday and you're not able to watch the race, we'll give you a free ticket to the fall to the next race. If it be, in the you know couple of week couple months down the lo- down the the year this season or whether it be our first race next season 
they had there was several tracks that came out with that rain uh guarantee policy well and you know you i think that was all i think it was all the burton smith tracks that uh the uh, speedway motors tracks i oh, think was it had, you know that was one of his brainchild you know and uh, basically i mean give him a voucher yeah. Hey, this voucher, this voucher is good for the next four years. Yep. You know, but you, you'd almost have to put a stipulation on it. Um, you know, you, you can't expect to wait until the last race that's available in the fourth year and, and call up the day before the race and get mad if they can't give you a ticket. Right. You know, there's gotta be a few stipulations in there, but no. I would see no problem with that. And I don't know why the track wouldn't do it. I mean, it's basically what the airlines do. And let's talk about the, the, the truth behind it. Let's use Kansas Speedway as an example. Right. Um, Lord knows if they get rained out, they could hand, they could stand to give out a couple of free tickets to their next race. Oh, I mean, it's not like they're, they're, they're having an issue with ticket sale. They're uh, with having tickets, you know, they could give a free ticket to everybody in the grandstands. Then if, if they bought a season ticket package, everybody in the grandstand bought tickets for the May race and the, the fall race. They could turn around with all those people at the May race. If it rains out and comes on Monday and they didn't come back and use their ticket, they could give them all. They could give everybody. Nobody comes back on Monday. They give them all a free ticket. They could still all come to the next race. And they'd still have seats available. <laughs> They're not half full. Yeah. You know, is, is what we're saying. Yeah. I, I think it's it so that's I don't know. Maybe that's something they need to look at. I would rather see that policy than a, a wet weather racing package. Yeah, they're gonna do I, this one, they're gonna spend all this time and effort doing it for one race, and it's gonna be a terrible race, and then it's gonna all gonna go away. And we've we've just ruined a race for someone to prove a point that wet weather racing is terrible racing. Yeah, I mean it I I just don't see it. I don't see any advantage in this at all. Mm -hmm. None. Like I said, now, if you want to go poll, if you poll all them people at, at Martinsville or Bristol that have had them season tickets for so many years and they all say, hell yeah, let's do this. Then I'm all in. Yeah. If they the wanted, if the, spoken. if the people with the money want to do it, they need, then they need to listen and do it. Uh, nope. Let's see other news stories. Corey LaJoy announced he's returning to Spire Motorsports in 2023. And Ty Dillon is going to be joining the team in the number 77 car as a full-time team member in 2023. So a uh, couple of uh, drivers getting locked in for the 2023 race season. Boy, Ty kind of threw out a, a little bit of a curveball jab at uh, GMS Petty though, didn't he? Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, he was talking about, you know, I'll be in competitive equipment and stuff like that. It was, you know, a little backhanded jab there. You know, he yeah. didn't come out and say GMS Petty didn't treat me right or nothing. But I think he's maybe a little upset that uh, he didn't get a second second year in the car or something. I don't mm -hmm. know. But I, I, you know, I we've talked to the guy. He's a nice young man, you know, mm -hmm. um, even though he is a little bit of a silver spoon. Um. I think there's more deserving drivers out there that, uh, you know, maybe Spire might have given a shot to, but um, maybe they want a little bit of experience. You yeah, know, maybe Corlin Joy, you know, has had one or two good races in his career. He's, you know, he, he hasn't won yet, um, but he's had a couple solid runs. Uh, same with Ty Dillon. Um, so, you know, if that's where they're going to, you know, uh, stick, you know, uh, what's the word I'm using for? I don't know. That's how they want to make their brand or, you know, bring their brand to the track. Then, then so be it. Yeah. You know, um, Corey LaJoy, me personally, my couple, a little bit of run-ins with him. He's kind of a dick, but, you know, um, but I... You know, Ty's always taken a moment and said hi when you stop and talk to him at the track and everything. So, you know, he's one of the good guys in the sport, so to speak. What's his dad's name, Corey? Uh, Randy. And he's the one that does the seats, the uh, the full the containment seats. Seating. The joy of seating. Randy's a great guy. I got to meet Randy a couple of years ago at the Race Saver Nationals. 
he was up here hawking some of his seats and uh he was a great guy i great personality i love i like talking to him yeah he was a, a former well back then bush series champion and whatnot you know i i used to see him around the track when i was officialing so but uh he never never got anything going in the cup series yeah all right. Um, one of the news story I wanted to make sure and cover. Uh, I've got a little bit of egg on my face. I kind of bought into it too. And our good buddy, Stu Snyder, absolutely pulled the wool over my eyes. Um, Shane Hyatt posted his modified for sale. I think it was last week. Yeah, it had been last week. And Stu Snyder shared it out and said, let's help Shane get rid of his, car, get rid of his modified as he's headed to a sprint car. And I kind of bought it hook, line, and sinker. Uh, turn, Shane corrected me today. Said, "No, I'm I'm just selling my modified. I'm 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 getting another one. I'm not, I'm not going spare car race." So sorry. Well, at least, at least Stu made it believable and didn't say he's bought two sport compacts or something. <laughs> I believe Stu's actual terms was, "Let's help him get rid of these mud turtles so he can join the mod, <laughs> join the spring cars." <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, you got any other news? No. Uh, I mean, I've been reading stuff. Uh, what? Yeah, there was something about scheduling that I read. Mm, and now I can't remember. But they were, it was an article about the aggressive scheduling that NASCAR is trying to bring. Um, and I, I think they're just talking about some of these long stretches. You know, NASCAR's schedule this this year is two is it, their season is ending two weeks sooner than it did last year. Yeah. You know, I don't know where those two weeks went, you know, but maybe they could have, uh, you know, switched up a race here or there or, or put another bye week in there and given the guys a, you know, a breather. You know, right. I don't yeah, know why I, they have the extra schedule up. I was talking with somebody about the I 80 schedule this year. Uh, what was it, Jacob Brown last year or last night at, at I 80? Or, it was Jacob Brown on Monday last night. At, yeah. Quaker steak and lube on Monday night said the one night off a month made a world of difference. And yep. you know, I, I've kind of been a proponent of it for a long time. Give these guys a break. Maybe not once one month, one night, one weekend off every month, but reduce the schedule. We don't need 36 races in the season. Let's drop it down to, to 28, somewhere around 30. Give these guys a little bit of a break to relax a little bit. And, and not have such a hectic schedule. Well, and see, I don't think 36 races is out of line. I really don't. Um, but then by the time you throw, you know, the clash in there and the all-star race, now you're at 38 races. And then going along with the, the same type of theory, you got the, the twins on Thursday at Daytona. So you technically got like 39 race schedule. Right. And I definitely wouldn't want to see any more. That's still 13 weeks off a year for these guys. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that it's all jammed in between this year, November 7th, and somewhere in the middle of February when the, um, Daytona starts. Probably you know, be February 12th, I think, is typically where it's going to be. Uh, middle of February. So 12th or I mean, 19th, it, one of the two, because usually it's two weeks after the Super Bowl. And I think the Super Bowl is February 5th this year. You know, I mean, it's been on Valentine's Day before and, and whatnot. It's it's right in there somewhere. Um, oh, by the way, it's February 19th. I, I realized that I could just look it up. Okay. Well, you're so smart. I Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands now. But, I mean, then in the end of the rest of the year, I think what they have two weeks off all year. Yeah. You know, see if they would have moved this this schedule back and, and finished up. Um, I want to say last year, I think the November nineteenth is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was, and I'm thinking November nineteenth was a championship last year, and so it had to be right around there somewhere. And that would be right if, if this year the November fifth, so two weeks, yeah, that'd be about right. It would have been like November nineteenth last year, is when the race ended. So there's no reason they could have, couldn't have ended the season this year on November 20th and put two weeks, two open weeks in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. But where they lost one week is they didn't do the double headers at Pocono that they did before. Right. They ran two two separate races at Pocono. And I thought the double header weekend went great. I really did. Yeah. 
Yeah, you I know. wish I, I wish we'd have continued doing that. Yeah. Um, all right, moving forward. Unless you got anything else you need to add? Nope. Okay. Nope. I think that's pretty much it. This weekend, Beatrice is closing out their season with their annual Oktoberfest featuring modified stock cars, hobby stocks, sport mods, mod lights, and sport compacts. It's going to be a Thursday practice, Friday, Saturday show. Friday's races start at 6.30, or excuse me, hot laps start at 6.30, racing starts at 7. Saturday, hot laps start at 5.30, racing at 6. I believe... The race is going to be broadcast on Flow. Still yep. trying to find information on that. The crowd might be a little off on Friday night with high school football, but the Huskers aren't playing Saturday, so that'll fill the house. But uh you getting an audition, by the way? <laughs> no one's talked to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> they may still be hoping I hate he's running too. <laughs> or... You know, there's always the realm of possibility they don't want me. This weekend's race for NASCAR, the Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway at 1.30 Central Time on Sunday. Coverage is going to be on NBC, the main network, radio broadcasts on MRN and Sirius XM. They're going to practice at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, and then they're going to qualify right after that at 9.45. So just a 45-minute practice, a couple of changes, then they'll go out and do some uh, qualifying that Saturday morning again. I don't even know. Well, if they're going to qualify at 945, that practice won't be 45 minutes. It'll probably just be 30. Well, yeah, that's right. Well, the practice schedule says 10 to 10 to 1040 or 9 to 945. But yeah, they'll probably cut it off a little bit earlier. Uh, Join us Monday night at Quaker Steak and Lube for the Adams County Speedway Track Champions interview for Dirk Houston. I'm Dan Taylor. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. 402-659-5641.